Back again this week, uh, Nick and David, we're going to continue last week's talk on money windfalls, and then we're going to get to a whole bunch of stuff that we never get to, you know, feedback we've gotten, some success stories, stuff like that. Um, this week, <clears throat> I'm only I'm only going to have one or two. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Pumpkin Ale from Doghead Fish. Doghead Fish? Dogfish Head? Dogfish Head? Yeah. And then uh, if I decide I want another one, I got a vanilla Java Porter from Atwater. There you go. Uh, say, I got to give a shout out to my brother again, still over in Wisconsin. So, um, he went to, uh, Ale Asylum again. Uh, I got Amber Geddon, which I'm really <clears throat> excited about. I, I do enjoy a good Amber and, uh, the malt that, you know, the different malts that they use and all of that, uh, go to the company that I absolutely loved, uh, the beer. Um, I'm not drinking that, but. Same red label, but this is a, a Cranbic um, by New Glarus. Uh, it's a it's a cranberry sour uh, aged in barrels for at least two years. So very excited. I, I enjoy a good sour. And then uh, because I had leftover, so I still have the uh, the New Glarus Staghorn Oktoberfest because we're in October and I enjoy a good Oktoberfest beer. So. Very, uh, very excited about tonight's episode, right? Um, who doesn't like, who doesn't like talking about big lumps of money, either coming or going, baby? All of it on black. So I got a lot of feedback this uh, past weekend, Nick. Yeah. Um, Al's going to be joining us here in a second. I just hit admit for Al. So my buddy Nelson uh, swung into the business, pick up some gift cards for some of the workers at his place and. We go. He told me that. Hi, Al. Hey, Al. Uh, he what are you drinking? Me, I see the bottle. What are you drinking? Uh, I am actually not a beer drinker. That's all right. So all I have is Coke. Hey, Coke. Coke drinks fine here, my man. We do kids shows. I had a root beer the other time. I mean, <laughs> trust me. <clears throat> so yeah, Nelson stopped by, and him and I were talking, and he, you know, he he basically brought up the fact that. We talk about things that nobody ever teaches. So he, he sits there and he listens to what we have to say and he feels like he's learning stuff. So I, I thought that was great. Victory. Yeah. Well, I started watching some of your shows. I think I've seen two. Like okay. I said, I saw the last one with the um, the windfall. Yes. And I thought that was uh, I thought that was really interesting, you know, because this was it was my career. Finance, um, large corporate finance, um, and as you'll see from the story that I will discuss today, that you know, I come from a little bit of money, <laughs> uh, not necessarily all of it through windfall, but uh, so that's kind of my background. I I actually graduated uh, with an economics degree, but only used it for about three years before I went to the private side and then got into corporate finance. Um, Gotta follow the money. Gotta follow the money. What was the second episode you watched? Um, you know, I can't remember, actually. It was very right. memorable. Just say, do yourself a favor and watch them all and uh, you'll, you'll thank us later. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I think, uh, I didn't watch them consecutively. So the other one I watched was actually quite a while back. Sure. So say, um, the thing about us is we don't we don't do things in, in specific orders. We uh, we try to come up with new fun topics every week, and uh, you know, I say we we want to we want to hit everybody as much as possible. So um, Nick, you're not local, are you? You're Wisconsin or something? No, I just drink a lot of Wisconsin beer because that's where my brother is at right now. So he brings it home. Oh. I'm in. Uh, uh, for everybody watching, so I'm in I'm in Jenison, Michigan, just uh, southwest of Grand Rapids, I guess. So, are we recording right now? We are recording yeah, we are. right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's uh, yep, and uh, no, I yep. So I'm I'm not too far from David. Um, yeah, we uh, we just we just quarantine on TV screens now because that's how COVID makes us do it. So. <laughs> Well, yeah. we've mentioned a lot, Al, that, you know, this this is what Nick and I used to do when we got together. 
Mm-hmm. We just sit here and talk about these, you know, random money subjects. And once COVID hit and we couldn't get together and do this anymore, we're like, hey, let's just get together on Zoom and do it. And we did it one time and we're like, hey, this is kind of fun. Let's start recording it and see what happens. <laughs> well, it was kind of funny, though, because uh, I, well, two years ago, I had my 35th year class reunion for high school. And some of these people I haven't seen in, in forever. You know, probably since the day we threw our mortarboards into the air. <laughs> and uh, so we came back for the class reunion and uh, we were talking about 401ks and 529s and all that. I'm like, can you imagine the last time we actually got together? We were talking about, you know, to the guys, right? We were talking about what girls we were going to chase after. You know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, well, how many kids do I have and 529s and retirement and 401ks? I'm like, wow, we've come a long ways, you know. So, Al, if it makes you feel old, uh, because that's what I like to do is make people feel old. You said you had your 35th high school graduation. Yes. Um, I wasn't even born when you graduated. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I believe it's quite possible that I'm either, I've got to be top five oldest in our garrison. Oh, geez. Dan's older. I think probably Godfrey is older. Godfrey's definitely older. Um, so just know. so everybody knows, the garrison, right? It's uh, We talk about when, when David gives his time, um, right? He donates uh, his time. He dresses up as a, uh, Star Wars. I don't know. One of them Star Wars characters. Uh, it's a Tuscan Raider. Boom! Yes. I nailed it. Very good, yes. Nick. <laughs> yes. Al has. I know Al has a stormtrooper. I have a stormtrooper and an officer. Yep. 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 So, yeah, that's what the, that's what the garrison is. So every time that you guys hear that, if you're like me and have no clue about Star Trek, I mean Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> say at least at least now you have somewhat of a, a of an idea of what they're talking about so <laughs> but all right I mean Al let's say we were we were talking a little bit about some positives but uh I I really I want to roll into to your story I mean you you've come from money you've you've been around a lot of money I mean let's hear let's hear a little bit of that uh the background of windfalls of money okay so um uh, my uncle Herbert, which is my dad's brother, uh, my family, of course, came from China and Hong Kong. Either they came directly from China or they came through Hong Kong, one or the other. Um, but except for my father, most of them were not formally educated, uh, almost to the point of being uh, functionally illiterate because they came from the old world China, you know, the, the, the raising, you know, subsistence living farming. Um, but when he saw, when he came to the United States, um, he worked in a Chinese restaurant in Boston. Uh, and that's where he learned the business until he saved enough to buy his own restaurant. Um, yeah. So um, he ended up being a restaurateur my dad became a doctor uh, and he eventually, you know, when he married my mom, she was a school teacher. So from my, my personal family or my immediate family, we were uh, pretty well off. Um, my dad was a government doctor, so he's probably at the bottom of the doctor pay range, but still, that's pretty good. That surprises me uh, because, right, we all think government everything just gets paid the most and has the highest everything. So uh, that's, Shocking news. <laughs> well, I mean, he is paid strictly salary, right? There's no per procedure um, pay as a, as a sure. government doctor. Um, and he also, to be quite honest, because he worked at the uh, Veterans Administration, I mean, he saw some of the really destitute and really bad cases in addition to the ones that, you know, you get to see... Um, what do you call it? Uh, the ones that still keep in shape, but take advantage of the VA, but a lot of them don't. So there's, unfortunately, there's a lot of, you know, the homeless and, and, and the drugs and, and, and that kind of stuff. So, 
Um, but anyways, um, my uncle Herbert ended up owning one of the largest restaurants in the Boston Chinatown. Um, and then he also never married and never had any kids. So um, one of the things that uh, many old timers from China, what they love to do is they always like to get together for, you know, probably a Chinese tea. Maybe some of you uh, are familiar with what dim sum is. Um, oh, I love me some dim sum. Yeah. So they all just sit and chat for hours and it's always about gambling, government, gossip, and good food, right? <laughs> Sounds like I could fit into the Chinese culture is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, especially the gambling and the food. <laughs> so, although my uncle was never formally educated, um, he understood savings. And uh, through the many discussions that he's had with his friends at his restaurant, I mean, like I said, they just sit there and drink and, and, and you know, gossip for, for hours. Um, he would hear investment tips here and there. And uh, he didn't really know what he was doing. But, you know, back then, you know, stocks were, you know, 2,500 bucks, a, you know, for 100 or he just buy blocks 100 of whatever he heard. Um, about 25 years ago, he ended up selling his restaurant just before um, the Boston Big Dig project reached the downtown. I don't know if you're, you guys are familiar with the Big Dig, but um, there used to be a freeway that went all the way around Boston on the perimeter. So if you wanted to cut through Boston, you'd had to go all the way around either, you know, all the way around to get through. So the big dig was a tunnel that they built under the city. Sure. So you didn't have to spend that extra hour going around. You just shoot directly under. And it's the one of the largest public works projects ever in, you know, in the United States. Yeah. I remember I went for a wedding there. I don't know. I'm, I want to say when I was 12 or something. <laughs> there are all these signs that said, oh, the big dig is up. The big dig is up. And then... Uh, Shortly after, about 10 years later, we went back for another wedding and there were all these scientists that we're almost halfway done with the big dig. I mean, that's, you know, it's like a 20 year project. Um, but what the big dig did also was it, it, a lot of the city roads that used to be, you know, highway entrances and uh, they got rid of them. They made them into greens, greenscape. Um, so they beautified the city uh, put the, the road under and um, this restaurant that my uncle owned was right on the end of the street and uh, where they took out a road and made it green. So there were a lot of picnic tables and everything that they installed after they took out the road and put it underneath. Sure. Um, but he ended up selling it and uh, Coincidentally, a couple of years I went back, it's now a Vietnamese hot pot noodle restaurant. It's no longer a Chinese restaurant, but they're doing fantastic because people just buy a bowl and just go sit in the, in the uh, picnic table in, in, in the new area. Um, uh, so a year or two after he sold the restaurant, he ended up passing away. And I was in the middle of college at that time, and I, I really didn't understand any of what was going on with the estate or anything. I just do knew that my dad had to take care of it. So uh, in his will, what he said was he wanted his three remaining brothers to split evenly, one third, one third, one third. Two of those brothers were out of the country. So my dad, um, well, they decided that, uh, over in Hong Kong and China, cash is king. Nobody wants to own stocks over there. It's, it's not, it's not worth it internationally to to do all that stuff. So they agreed that my dad would would buy their share of the stocks that were in the portfolio. Uh, when they found out what was going on, the portfolio was worth almost three million dollars. So, so my dad had to somehow come up with two million dollars to. To, to buy them out. Um, so that's what he ended up doing was 
for a long time, uh, our family, and once again, I did not know this at the time, ended up being very cash poor, but asset large. So we had a lot of stocks, but had no money. Welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah. So um, there, the, and the other part was what my dad didn't realize, and this is probably what maybe some of the viewers need to understand. You still need to file a tax return for the person in the year they died, right? So now we've got this $3 million estate that had to go through the whole tax thing, which my dad, I believe, I think now that I, I he, he filled out all the extensions to, uh, to, to get more time, but you still have to pay the interest on it, even if they waive the, the penalties. Yep. Uh, so it took him a long time to, to get that together because once again, you know, my, uh, my uncle Herbert was, uh, he was not, uh, once, you know, he, he wasn't formally educated. He didn't have all these records and everything. He just, you know, in the old days, you know, the old Chinese says, oh, let me just buy some of this stuff. And he just bought it. And they sent him a, a receipt and the receipt could have been in a drawer or in a book or, you know, wherever. <laughs> um, so the bottom line was uh, we got penalized or we, we got the interest that we had to pay on that. It turns out for the next three years, we continue to find new accounts. So um, then we had to amend everything, pay more interest, more penalties and, and the oh, such. Um, by the time we were finished, it looked like the account was close to $5 million, not the three that it initially had. So yeah, well, you know what? I guess you know when you want to talk about windfall. So this is a, this is a windfall. <laughs> um, we ended up settling with the IRS for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I think it was three hundred and fifty thousand. They just said, you know what? You know this has gone on long enough. Um, so he just, you know, and once again being cash poor, so my dad had to sell some stock and whatever to come up with more cash to pay the penalties. But once we got the waiver and, you know, whatever we found after that didn't matter anymore. We, we had settled the estate. Sure. And um, not even 10%. That's crazy. Well, I guess they wanted their money. <laughs> they wanted their money. Um, yeah. And actually I take that back to 350 was on top of whatever that he'd already paid. Okay. So the 350 was to settle off future, um, future fines. Oh, Nick. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So, uh, plus my dad had to pay two thirds out to all the other brothers because they were still entitled to two thirds of everything that, that, um, that was discovered after the fact. Right. So in, in the end, you know, I, now I understand why my, my dad lived the way he did, you know, he's a doctor and like, why are you, you know, all of a sudden vacations went away. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that just stopped happening. Um, but I get it now because um, he ended up with uh, close to $5 million in, in stock or whatever it is by the time he was done with this, but he had no cash. Um, so that's kind of the, the story that, that I brought along. I mean, that what he had, oh, the last thing was I wanted to mention that some of these tips that uh, my uncle Herbert got sitting at the table were things like GE, Boeing, Gillette, uh, this little startup called Microsoft, Apple. I mean, <laughs> that's why the portfolio was so huge when we when we when we when we got it. Is these were all things that he knew nothing about, but people were raving about it, and he just said, "All right, well, let me spend a couple bucks on it and, and buy them." And, um, so, so where did your dad find the cash? I mean, did he sell stocks to pay? He had to, to sell people? some of that. Yeah, he had to sell some of his own personal stock. Um, what he tried to do, uh, and I think he, what he tried to do was keep his, our family money separate from the Herbert money. Sure. So he really took our family money down to like pennies in the bank account, even though he knew he had $5 million coming to him. 
Um, but he always was an advocate that, look, we try and live within our means. So as far as I know, to this day, he still hasn't touched. Well, he's passed away for five years now, but my mom is in control of it now. To my knowledge, my mom has not touched that Herbert money since we've gotten it. I mean, we, what we did was we took the Herbert money and we gave it to two different investment bank or two different investment people um, so that we don't lose it all in, in, in one, you know, it's not all in one basket. Sure. Um, and as far as I know, she hasn't touched any of that. And- um, Do you know the value of it by chance? Uh, yeah, it's, it's over 10 now. <laughs> Is it? Wow, that's huge. Yeah. So, in that short uh, of a time, so. And then, of course, over time, my dad was able to rebuild, you know, our own family fund a little bit. Sure. Um, and I'm not going to say that it's, it's, it's small, but obviously it's, you know, a million dollars less than where it was, you know, where it should have been had he not had to spend all this, this money, you know. Um, sure. But yeah, so he, uh, he, so he's a, he was a strong advocate of not spending the windfall. And he told me once, he goes, he, he actually, what he told me, he said, unless you get John Wayne type money way back then, right? <laughs> unless you're getting John Wayne type money, he goes, just live within your means and set that money aside. I guess today we would call it, uh, I don't know, Paris Hilton money or, uh, you know, something like that. But uh, so that's Very kind of where I hear John Wayne with Paris Hilton. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, because, you know, I don't know. Yeah, back then, I guess John Wayne was the big guy or whatever, you know, so. Uh, I would, you know, Star Wars, Sam I would Elliott. go with Harrison Ford myself. Uh, Sam Elliott? I mean, right? <laughs> well, we got, well, back in the uh, mid-80s, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, plus, remember, my dad at the in the mid-80s, you have to subtract 20 years from the celebrities that he knows, right? right. <laughs> so he's he's sure. thinking of celebrities in the 60s. You know? So my, my big question, so we know that the windfall came in and, and you haven't spent it, so you've been doing pretty all right with that. Um, but you said your uncle's, your uncle's over in China, yep. right? Um, mm -hmm. they, got, they got their million dollars a piece. Mm -hmm. Okay, have, have you kept in contact with them? Do you know anything about how their million dollars is looking? Uh, yes, I do. Um, okay. So both of those uncles have since passed. Sorry uh, to hear that. And they, uh, of course, passed on their cash. Uh, one set of cousins, their kids, uh, emigrated to Canada. They're in Toronto. They brought over a couple million dollars in cash, opened uh, some sort of technology company. And that's now what they do over in the Toronto area. Okay. And then uh, there's another one who uh, elected to stay in Hong Kong, but he opened up a manufacturing company there. So they now manufacture something. I don't know what kind of widget they, they make over there, but they make something for, for export. So they've actually done well over there with their cash. I mean, I don't know, you know, to the penny how their accounts are working over there. But obviously when one guy has a technology company in Toronto and the other guy's got a large manufacturing company in Hong Kong, you're, you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, I, see. I think so they've both, they've both taken their, their money and invested it into bigger and better things, I guess, right? I mean, it's not sitting necessarily liquid. And yeah. now your, your mom's just sitting on a stockpile of money. Yeah. Um, and so she's not living it up large and crazy right now. She's just getting by. My mom, my mom still calls me up and says, I've got a Burger King coupon for a dollar. Let's go get some Whoppers. I mean, the woman herself is probably worth three million. She's got another 10 million sitting on the side and she's worried about dollar Whoppers. She's a smart lady. Like, <laughs> I mean, this that's is how you keep your money. Yeah, you see, yeah. you know, you there's yes. people that people that save it, but um, let's say now. And you have brothers and sisters. I have two younger brothers. I'm the oldest. Okay, so if if and when your mother passes, do you guys do you guys get it? Uh, yeah, we we do. Which okay. is why I live a little bit closer 
you know, me and my brothers, we live a little bit closer to the edge of our living within our means and than normally a person should. Sure. Because we, we know we have some sort of backup. We don't have access to it now, but we know it's coming. And if necessary, we can always get it. You sure. Know, my mom's not going to put us out in the street, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, I, you know, I had, I always, I always do that comparison with a lot of people. Right. And we talk about it. We talk about it a lot in like David coaching inner cities versus right. So like I look at my best friend and he comes from a very educated background, right. Both of his parents are engineers. Um, very, you know, for, for us West, you know, Midwest well off, he went to New York and then he was poor, but right. So Midwest well off and, and, you know, he never, you know, he went off to college. He, he, he went away and, I always was jealous of the fact that like, you know, he doesn't have to worry about if he fails because somebody will always pay that $600 for rent or however much, you know, like that, that I don't care if it's 20,000, like somebody will pay that myself. Like, I'm like, if I leave, I I'm just on the street. Like I don't have, I don't have a, a financial backing. I don't have any of that. So I think like, you say you live a little bit higher on, on the edge, but it's, you know, because you know that you have that windfall coming in, you know, that, you know, I think it's a lot like credit cards as well. Right. Like people are like, eh, if I, you know, I could spend this on this little thing because I know that I have it um, for worst case scenario. And sometimes worst case scenario takes effect and that that's how we see it. But right. I mean, when you're sitting on, I don't know, your, your mom has 3 million, let's say, right. You, you know that if you need $1,700 to, to make, a house payment or whatever it is before you right. go to sell your house, you know, it's not like it's going to go into foreclosure. Yeah. You'll have to sell it, but you won't hit foreclosure where if I hit it, right. Like I'm foreclosure, it's guaranteed. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to bail me out and take the money later. So right. well, that's, that's a, that's good to hear. Do you know what you're going to do with all your money? I mean, you're going to go invest uh, and buy a business or. Oh, well right now, actually my three brothers and I, we already manage our own. We have a, three brothers investment account. That's majority where, where my current assets come from. Um, I, I worked, like I said, in finance until, um, you know, how uh, private equity companies always come and they, they buy up companies and this and that. So my company got bought, gave us cash. Uh, then we had enough cash to go buy a couple other companies. And all of a sudden they ended up with too many finance managers. And I was probably the most expensive one there. <laughs> so I got the Ziggy on that, but sure. uh, I chose not to go back to work. Uh, as long as I've known David for three years, I've, I, I've done a couple of contracts, short-term contracts, which is fine. So I guess I'm part of the gig economy now. Sure. Um, but uh, no, I am. Um, how can I say it? I, uh, I try and help people. Around. I mean, even David, no, I, mean, I gave them tons of bottles and printers for their, their business. And, um, anyway, when we're done, I want to talk to you about some of that stuff. I, I got some more stuff. Um, Fantastic. um, well, you know, and I, I can say that, you know, it, it, it's turning into one of those things where we have a lot of this turnover at our place too, Al. So, you know, somebody will leave, my job, you know, my company, and they'll retire or look for a new job. And within three months, they're getting all these contracted work. And yeah, they're not necessarily getting benefits on top of whatever they're making, but they're, you know, making a good salary to basically just consult or do a certain project or, you know, what have you. Right. Yeah. And then, like I said, uh, I basically spend most of my time now managing the three brothers accounts. Um, and we actually use that account uh, because once again, living further on the edge, we're taking some really big risks with, with that account. I mean, we bought what maybe about a year ago when they came out with those uh lego deaths or lego uh, star destroyers right those 700 dollars ones or whatever yeah. you know we're like well you know what the last time they did that you know they're now what you can't buy them for less than a thousand or whatever and they're only 200 back 
back then, you know? So we said, all right. So we bought two, you know, yep. <laughs> so we're sitting on those right now. We, uh, we have things like, uh, classic world war II uh, rifles, you know, they're not making those anymore. Uh, we went, we bought a couple of, uh, critical key comic books. Uh, uh, I can't remember them, uh, because I don't know anything about comic books, but I know that uh, they were, they're on everybody's, you know, key list. And then we also got them very high grade, you know, so this is the kind of stuff that we're sort of looking at doing You're with not- our money. We took a chance with a restaurant as well. We had, a, we had an opportunity to partner in a restaurant. Uh, that didn't work out so well uh, because they're, they're tough, but luckily for us, somebody wanted the building. And they were willing to pay us to get us out. There you go. So you got lucky. And we still lost, but you know the amount that we put in compared to what we got paid, you know, it made it less painful. <laughs> but you know, we just figured, you know, with this money we can do high risk, high reward. But going back to the windfall thing, I don't think anything that we've done or anything that I've done um, has been like Ferraris or or. Um, you know, uh, trips to multiple trips to Hawaii or anything like that. Um, my condo is, you know, worth only, I, I bought it from $120,000 20 years ago and I haven't moved, you know, <laughs> um, it, it, it's a home, it's a place that I need, but it's not anything that I wanted to pour a lot of money into. Uh, it serves my purpose um, and it's cheap. So I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I, I almost hate to say it, that uh, I'm a lot more like my dad than I was ever willing to admit to him while he was alive. But uh, maybe he's listening to me now say, oh, I'm probably just like you, dad. <laughs> well, it's one of those things, too. You, you grow wealth and you get wealth by not doing those extravagant things. You know, when we were talking to Jim last week, mm-hmm. it, it really you know, we, we hit that, Hey, your mom won the lottery twice. Mm-hmm. And Jim didn't say, yeah, we took three vacations to, you know, we went to Hawaii and we went to, I don't know, Greece and we went to Paris. He didn't say those things. No, you know, I, I know it paid for his education at U of M. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he, he really did get a great deal out of that, but it wasn't like she was running around spending money wildly because she wasn't. No, and that's that's how you sit there and you grow that money. You you don't sit there and do extravagant things that you know. I Nick's been a, in a position where you know obviously he's he got laid off earlier and and now he's working again. You know, doing some other stuff and obviously you know his investments are what really is driving his portfolio at this point, you know, and when you look at me, you know, my wife opened the business and for a while there, it was really tight because I'm the only one making money. But now that, you know, the business is becoming more and more successful, she's drawing a salary. I'm, I'm doing my thing. And, you know, even when people talk to me or Nick, they're like, all right, well, how long are you going to do what you do? I know with Nick, he wants to retire uh, in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Signing off, boys. <laughs> with, with me, it's, hey, I work from home. I work with my cats. I like what I do, so I'll keep doing that. I got no problem doing that, but I want to do it on my terms, which is, hey, you want me to come into work? Yeah, I'm not doing that, sir. I, I don't want to go to work. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay here. Yeah, I think for me, being off for so long, um I've seen every episode, every episode of Star Trek: The Check Next Generation ten times. I can quote you stuff. You know, within the first five seconds, I can tell you what episode's coming on. I think I've, I don't, you know, uh, I've been joking with 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 Jim Lowry that uh, I said I'm probably the best TV JD, a lawyer, because I've watched every episode of Law and Order fifty times. I think I'm the best TV MD because I've watched, you know, every episode of House and, you know, all these yeah. medical shows. So as, as far as the TV scripts, I'm the best lawyer 
best doctor. And pretty soon I think I'm going to be the best detective because I've been watching all of the, the, the TV shows. And so I'm actually uh, looking to do something. It may not be back in finance again, and it might not be for, you know, big bucks, whatever it is, but uh, um, part-time job somewhere doing something just to stay busy. You know, you should I mean, look into, uh, into, uh, Oh, David, what's the, what's the show? Oh, Ozark. And, uh, What's what's the is it single moms or something like that? Not single. The cool. the other one with uh, money laundering, right? And you could be the, like the world's greatest uh, money launderer. Don says working moms. Working is it working moms? I don't know. I've never heard of that show. You say yeah, but there it's all like money laundering stuff. I mean, right? So when I first started, when we were closed for like ten weeks. I know Don binge watched all of Ozark because she told me she goes, I started watching Ozark. It sucks. And then all of a sudden she goes, I can't stop watching Ozark. And she goes, I can't believe Ozark's over. I need the next season. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's still a lot of things in there. Being a finance guy, I don't really understand fully how he gets away with what he gets away with. But uh, I've seen my share of, of stuff happen because, you know, when I used to be the finance director for the auto supplier, uh, we dealt with global accounts. And we've seen some pretty shady stuff come across uh normally what happens and this is hilarious uh we dealt with um venezuela and venezuela is a what they call call a closed currency country so you always have to have all international payments approved by the government and you have to present tons of documentation so usually what happens is um we send an invoice, but on the invoice, there's already freight and shipping to the United States on there. But we also send them a copy of the freight bill because they need to justify that cost on the invoice. It looks like they keep presenting both pieces of paper separate because when we were getting the payments, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we overpaid a few hundred thousand dollars because we, uh, we double paid the freight can you refund it? But we need you to refund it to, you know, I don't know, El Banco de Florida or something. Well, El yeah. Banco de Florida, I mean, that's, that's, that's not even in Venezuela, you know? So we kind of figured that if they could get one or two of those out, then, you know, that's, you know, half a million bucks or whatever it is that they've just moved out of the country. Yeah. And uh, we were always wary of that. We'd always ask them, are you sure this is where you want it to? So, we had to get our ducks in a row before we sent money to, you know, El Banco de Florida, because um, we didn't want to be involved in, in that either. But you know, I've I've, I've seen a lot of ways that people uh, people uh, move money through through the countries. <laughs> so no, I uh, I'm glad to hear that you guys' windfall is uh, is working out for for everybody. I mean, it sounds very successful. Um, it, it was a long ways to get there, though. I mean, I just wanted to you know, yeah. that, you know, you got to get your taxes, you got to get your records and all that stuff in order. You know, one of the things I, I think I love about it is, right, it's a windfall for one, but it, it's everything that we talk about is like, right, slow and steady wins the race and eventually you'll get there. Like mm -hmm. your uncle, your uncle took years and years to build something and then it was gone, you know, gone in a day type thing. I mean, you took your dad a couple of years to get people money, but like, right, it took, it took somebody so long to build 3 million bucks and then one person has it in, in a day type thing, you know? So it's um, right. When you invest smart, invest wise for the long-term thing, it'll, it'll have your long-term games. Just like we talk about all the time on here. Um, you know, I say we talked about feedback a little bit right in the beginning of this and right. That's some of the feedback I get um, from some of my friends. So a lot of my friends are a little older, like David's age and stuff like that. Right. And it's, you know, they, they always go to me, Hey, I enjoy watching it because it reminds me that what I'm doing is right. Right. They're like, it's not always easy, but it's right. Because, you know, I always look at, Hey, I want to go buy a hot tub or I want to do this. And it's nope, nope. I got to make sure I stay, you know, and it's hard because right. When you, when you're 20 and you start a 401k, if you're smart enough, right. You start a 401k and you look at it, it's like a hundred bucks. And then you know, by the time you're 30, it's, you know, 10, 10 grand. And then by the time you're 40, right. You're in, you're in the, 150,000. You're like, I don't even remember getting to that point. Right. It just keeps going and going. And then you know, by, by the time retirement happens, you're at a million bucks. I mean, it just keeps going there. So, you know, you don't remember 
nobody remembers 20 bucks, but everybody remembers a million quickly, you know? So. Right. And then you also, you know, a million bucks, even if you're only getting paid, you know, 3% on that, you're getting 30 grand a year for sitting on your butt. Yeah. And you can out earn that. I say, we talked about that in the fire episode, right? Say 4% is what you're kind of be able to draw off of things, 40 grand off a million bucks. And, um, you know, I, I talk about doing it all the time right now is just selling off my stuff and sitting, sitting, mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting on a big chunk of change. But, you know, I, I want more out of life and I want to, I want to get to a certain point. So I don't, but. Yeah. I always, uh, I always, I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead, Al. Go ahead. I said, I always used uh, 3% for my calculations because after dealing with pensions for so long and overestimating pensions and all of a sudden finding out I have to make a much larger contribution than my growth. I always pick the smaller number (laughs) within the range. So my estimate's always 3%, but you know what? I'll take 4%. 40 grand is better than 30. (laughs) You know, I mean, even if, even if, even if you take 40 every year and let's say you do end up going down to 900,000 by the end of it, I mean, you've lived off 40 grand for who knows how long, and then you've only used a hundred grand out of your money. So, you know, where if we go 3% and you still have a million bucks, and the fact is, is like, you've never actually touched that full amount of money. So you're sitting comfortable, live within your means. Don't, you know, um, yeah. say, David, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, you know, even with the up and down year we've had this year, when I look at my 403B, I'm still sitting at somewhere between six and 7% for the year. So, I mean, you know, we took that big tank in March. I made all that money back plus some. Yeah. You know, and even I sat with my mother's financial advisor on Monday and, you know, when she started that portfolio, it was 250000 that she got from my aunt. And, you know, when we sat at the first of the year, she was at like 248000 And now, because she's basically been even and taken some money out, she's sitting at two hundred and twenty. Yeah. But when you look at everything and figure okay well my aunt passed away in october of 15 so she's been gone five years you know she's she's lost 30 grand out of that original two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and she's taken a lot of money out of there you know you have to have a realistic look on what am i doing here so you know i i told nick this you know about a year ago i i pulled back on her accounts. And I said, we need to go conservative. I do not trust the economy right now. And, and everything we did was take the money out, throw it into a bunch of bonds and we'll just sit here. So now the recovery that we've made, she has not made it in any stretch of what everybody else has. You know, obviously my account's done way better, but when everybody lost money in March, she didn't lose hardly anything you know she went down a little bit and came right back to where she was sure that's so um on a, on a fun note real quick uh you know I, I have a beer it's completely sealed and I, I tell everybody you know the only reason i wear a wedding ring right is not to prove that i love my wife it's literally just to open my beer so i can manage my wife forever right so take <laughs> it and crimp it up but <laughs> say i uh no i, I think Right. I'm dealing with that with my mom and getting her to understand, hey, you know, you're going to have to take these draws because, you know, right now, let's say she's making, I don't know, 30, 35,000 a year, you know, um, you know, and, we're, and she's at she's at quite a bit of money in her 401. And I'm like, look, you know, you're you know, you, you could pull 30 or your 30, 40,000 a year off of it and uh, never touch it. And she's like well, I don't need 40,000 a year. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, your house is paid off, your car is paid for, everything's like paid. And she's like, and I was like, look, but you have to take a certain percentage, right? It's a guarantee, like you have to. And I was like, if you don't want to, then invest it into something else. Like throw it, throw it into stocks. I don't, I don't really care. Like, but they're going to force you to pull money out and you hope that it grows. I mean, so. Government eventually wants its money. They're going to make you do the RMDs. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, RMDs? Question mark? Required minimum distributions, right? Is that there what you're we talking go. about? Correct. I mean, I'm one of our listeners. I have no clue what RMD stands for. Required oh. minimum distributions. So, um, sorry, say, I, you're a finance guy. You have this background. I, I, I sit here and deal with, you know, SFRs and, LVTs and all, all these like acronyms all day long. And 
Yeah. You know, I'm like, all right, real estate, is it, is it warehousing? Oh, no, this is financing. <laughs> so Yeah, so, right, assuming that that was some sort of tax-free money that uh, your 401k or whatever, uh, the government never got, got its cut of that, and they want it now, and they don't want to wait. So they're going to force you to start taking it out. So they start getting their cut. And it's probably going to be less a lesser percentage than what it was when, when you put it in because you were working when you put it in at a higher tax rate than – when you're taking out now, when you're not working. So sure. we're already losing money for however many years and they, they, they just want their cut. So that's the required uh, minimum distribution. Sure. I, mean, I think they even cut that back. They used to be, you had 20 years to take it out. I think now they've required it. If you haven't already started it, they grandfathered in the older ones, but I think the newer ones, you only have five years to take it out. So if you had two hundred thousand know, dollars, they're going to make you take out forty thousand dollars now instead of, you know, over time when you only had to take out ten thousand dollars. Sure. Um, so whether you need the money or not, they're they're forcing you to take out a lot of it now. Yep. Well, that's you know, I say, taxes, taxes are a big game, um, right? It, everybody's going to find the loophole and take advantage of it, and everybody's going to have to pay them. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So going, going a little bit back to uh, when you were talking about the losses during March, you know, I said earlier that my mom actually has, or the Herbert account has two different, uh, two different uh, financial advisors on that. One uh, is very aggressive and one is very conservative. And uh, the conservative one naturally is much more defensive, did not lose as much, but and the other one lost big, <laughs> oh, yeah. but with the amount of the market being down, they made a lot of purchases mm -hmm. based on fundamentals, not on emotional. And now the aggressive account has roared back way more than the conservative one. Sure. Um, so I'm going to say, you know, we're even farther ahead now totally than we were before. The uh, conservative one, I think, we're still a little bit in the hole. Uh, you know, like Nick said, maybe they you know lost uh, a few percentage points, or whatever. But the other one is, I almost going to say like twenty percent ahead. Wow! Um, there was at some point where you know you couldn't get Amazon. You know, Amazon's what three thousand two hundred dollars a share now. You know, it range. falls down to eighteen hundred. I mean, when are you going to get that opportunity again? You know, <laughs> who would have figured Amazon would be the one? that would just pop during this whole pandemic thing, you know, somebody over there saw it and they said, well, you know what, we think it's going to just pop, you know, same thing, Amazon, Walmart, uh, Home Depot. I mean, all these big names, unfortunately, they're all big names and the mom and pops got shut out, but, mm -hmm. uh, but that's how they operated. And, and, and we've done very, very well on the, uh, on the aggressive one. You know, we've, we've talked about stocks a couple of times and, and, you know, we're not financial advisors legally. We can't tell people. Right. right? I think one of my favorite things to hear from people is, you know, you, you always see those memes on Facebook, um, which I am officially uh, not allowed on for 24 hours because of something I posted uh, 10 months ago on Christmas Eve. Uh, it's hilarious to me. But no. So, right. You see, hey, you know, if you could go back, you know, 20 years, what would you tell yourself? And everybody's like, buy Amazon stock. You know, or they say buy Google or something like that. And you, you always see these things. And then, right, you just said it, right? It's $3,000. It went down to 1800 When are you ever going to get that opportunity? But how many people didn't take that chance, right? Because they were they were risk here. They were like, no, no, no. I, you know, and they always want to, you're never going to get that chance. And if you do get the chance again, chances are you're not going to take it again, right? I mean, you, you, you don't get these things. And then when it happens, you don't take it. We talk about David, right? I mean, Disney. Yes, it's it's gone back. And if he lost, he, he lost. But I mean, he bought it at what? 60, 80 a share, 70 a share, something like that? That yeah, was between 60 and 75. Right. Now now it's up to 100 and something again. Um, you know, it, it just, yes, we you, you look like a hero when it hits and you look like a zero when it loses, right? I mean, I, I, think, I think when you look at things, right, statistics show, hey, these things rebound companies do this it's gonna happen so um david what's some feedback you've gotten then so so i'm sitting at work on saturday and between appointments i'm texting people and and 
I shot a text out to Sharon. I haven't talked to her in a while. And she goes, I got to tell you, I watch you and Nick every week. I think you guys are great and you have a lot of fun and I'm learning so much. And I, I was really, you know, encouraged by that. So, I mean, on Saturday, I got her and Nelson both saying, hey, they're listening. They're they're getting a lot of, you know, good stuff out of the crap we say, which, you know, hey, we're just, I've said it a million times. I said it earlier in this episode. This is what we did together all the times. And, and we're still just doing it. Talking about, you know, hey, this works, this doesn't. We like this. We don't like that. So I was really excited by that. Um, you know, we talked about some success stories. You know, I, I brought up last week the one consult I did where they ended up a $2,600 bill. They, they settled for 650 bucks or so. Yeah. Which I just think is fantastic. Um, I got another consult coming up tomorrow. I'm going to see what I can do with the, their finances and, and see a way to get it. And, and so, Nick, I did one two weeks ago. You're going to love this. Buddy says, hey, I got a big money problem. So I'm like, all right, let's sit down. Let's look at this. We'll figure it out. Let's get a budget. Nick, ask me how much in debt he is. Uh, can I guess? Yes. Oh, big money problem. A friend you know. Uh, 43000 Yeah, he's he's like six grand in debt. Oh, geez. <laughs> So, you know, it's easy to come out of, easy to come out of. I, I looked at it and I'm like, dude, um, this is not a big deal. He's like, oh, it's horrible. And, and he's one of these guys that very talented, sells a lot of stuff because, you know, he, he has to pay bills because he's six grand in debt. So I start delving into this debt of his. He has one set of debt that does have interest on it. It pays off next November, but there's an early payment penalty fine i don't like penalties let's just ride this whatever he tells me about the other two debts that he has one has no interest until may and one has no interest till like october of next year oh this is david debt yeah look at this yeah <laughs> this is this is this is if you're educated in finances it's smart debt right i mean again i don't do credit cards david does i i need to because Right, you get an interest-free loan, you could out-earn that money, right? So if he's six grand, let's say he's six grand just on one of them, just one, six grand. You take that six grand, you put it into an account. Lake Michigan, you're making uh, $15, $15 a month, right? So by the end of by the end of six months, um, right, we have $90 that we didn't pay towards that debt. <laughs> so uh, that's awesome, man. Um, but, so... I don't mean to make light of it, but you know, when, when people usually come to me with, Hey, I have a really bad debt problem. They're 20, 30,000 in debt. And we're, you know, making 24 month plans. I'm sitting here looking at this going, yeah, you'll be out of debt, you know, in 10 three months, weeks? three weeks. No, I say, um, David, I want to let you know, I'm in debt, uh, up to my eyeballs. I'm, I'm millions, millions of dollars in debt okay i i will everybody out there if anybody knows me and if anybody's watching uh, i am millions of dollars in debt okay <laughs> so it's uh it's 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 the, the joy of the game right they tell me leverage is key so. yeah so i was i was really excited about that stuff um I, I started telling you nick right before we we started recording that you know i'm, I'm looking at doing a 15 year refi on the house because i got 22 years left and i i want it paid off sooner than that yeah and i can save about a percentage point by doing it so i might as well just you know make What's the plunge fun? just so everybody you know everybody watching and listening right so this is this is a real conversation that happened right before we hit record and so right me being who i am i instantly go to david i said all right how you know how quick until your refi cost pays for itself could you just overpay? And we start talking all these numbers and we're like, Hey, let's, let's wait for the episode. Right. So like we, when you have that person second guessing you and making sure that what you're doing is, is the right move, the right, you know, it's funny. Cause you, you know, I heard, I heard David's wife, Dawn, Oh, this is going to cost us money. And, and then it was like, Oh man, you know, so nope, it's, it's educated. It's educated 
money that we're spending to save money in the end. And here's my payoff. Here's my equal. Um, you know, I, I, I really enjoy that. Um, you know, I had a small victory for myself. Uh, my wife and I were talking, we, we bought a new couch used because the person had it in their basement. They said they sat on it twice. I mean, this thing looks brand new. Uh, you know, they, people don't use their basements. I, I barely use mine. I used it for the first time in five years when COVID hit, but I paid 600 bucks for the thing. Right. And it came out of our, uh, our vacation account. Cause we didn't go on vacation this year. And all of a sudden it hit me. I don't have a job. So I'm not putting money towards my vacation account anymore, which I used to put good money towards it. And I'm sitting here going, all right, my bank account's doing pretty good. And then I was like, oh man, I got to get back into that. So like I drove to the, like I went and withdrew some money and put it into the vacation account to make sure that we're, you know, I want to be back to where I was. Like, I don't want to forget my goals and my dreams because I'm so used to everything being automated. That's why I don't have a credit card because I would forget. Right. I'm like, oh yeah, I just, it was supposed to pay itself and it never did. <laughs> no. Um, I, I, you know, I, if it's small victories, right. It's, it's having conversations with friends saying, Hey, yeah, I want to go to 15 years. Is it worth it? You know, I, I owe this much on it. So I think uh, doing these episodes makes me constantly, cause I have to think about what I'm talking and making sure I'm telling you guys, like, I'm always the person that like, if I'm going to speak it, I'm going to do it. So I, I check myself all the time be like, am I doing what I say? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> so, Well, I think that's a good point, Nick, because we sit here and we do this with each other and, you know, money's one of those taboo subjects you never talk about. You never tell anybody what you make. You never divulge any of your financial information. It's embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. But if you're not doing those things, how do you know if you're really doing well? I mean, obviously, you know, if you're sitting on $5 million, you know, you're doing well, but Al. well, it depends, so, you know, I mean, right. Cause there's a lot of, you know, second, third generation people who, you know, never learned the, the value of the work or the money. It's, I don't know what the statistic is, but I hear, I'll, you know, most of the time it's gone after the third generation. Yeah. Well, it's, it takes, um, what is it? It takes two generations to get us to, to get a, a, like a wall and air, right. To, to build it. So you have, it takes two full generations to get that massive amount of money with everybody investing everything. Um, or it's either a Walton or a Rockefeller, right? So like it takes two generations to build that type of a thing. Um, so like, I know, Hey, I don't come from much. So, I mean, my, my goal is to be that first generation and teach my kid. I mean, I, I love, even today, right? Like I picked her up and I'm like, Hey, we got to go work on this. And she just gets, Oh, and I'm like, Nope. Like you don't have to be in, in real estate like me. You don't have to, but like, you will learn, you will learn, you know, the ability to work. You will learn, you know, how to, how to pay for things yourself. I'm going to teach her. Like there's things that you have to do in life that you don't want to do. We're not, you'll never be wealthy enough to just pay somebody to do everything for you. Right. I mean, even if she hits the lottery, I hope she never has somebody do everything for her. So I got to fix my toilet tomorrow morning because it's leaking. So I got to take all that stuff apart and, and do it. But right. I mean, I could pay somebody 150 bucks or I could go $15 at home Depot and, and uh, you know, buy the float and put it in myself. So <laughs> or, you could, or you could pay me 150 bucks and I'll come do it. I mean, that, uh, 150 <laughs> sounds pretty good. Like I could use some money. Hey, you got any work I could do? No. <laughs> Oh no, it's a, yeah, I, you know, we love, we love feedback. David, I know that you've been excited. I've been excited. Um, David just got a shipment in uh, of something really awesome that (laughs) that we're so proud of. We think they're just cool. Um, We know, check these out. Anybody that's watching. So these are official Bucks and Brews (laughs) bumper stickers. Well, I wouldn't uh, right. say bumper stickers because they're not very big. Well, window stickers. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're, they're a sticker. They're not like a window cling. They're a sticker. So, um, right, put them on your laptop. Put them somewhere. So, first of all, right, David, who, who's our first one that we're giving the first one to? Uh, we were going to give one to Jim. Jim, for being a guest. We were going to give Wish- Michigan Wine Company. For being our first sponsor. First sponsor. We appreciate that alcohol. I, uh, I know. Go ahead, Nick. I know one you want to give. 
I say, you know, with all this, I mean, Al even thinks I'm from Wisconsin because of how much I'm drinking Wisconsin beers. Uh, big shout out to my brother. I'm, I'm going to give him one of these stickers. He's definitely going to rock one. And Al, for being our guest tonight, uh, we're definitely going to make sure that you get one of these stickers. Uh, anybody else that wants one, um, right, shoot us, shoot us a, a message down below in uh, in YouTube, right? Reach out to us on Facebook, something like that. We're gonna pick. We're gonna pick a few people. Tell us how we've impacted you. Tell us what successes. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. I mean, dude, I'm probably gonna pick the one that doesn't like me because I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna buy your happiness. No, right, right. <laughs> tell, tell, tell us about our channel. Tell us, tell us these things. Um, I'm really excited, right? And everybody needs to rock this thing, right? I don't care if you get one cent and you like light it on fire, dude. I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, we have a few people we definitely want to give some to. Andre should get one. Oh, yeah. Our, our very first guest. Who I, still, I think that's my favorite episode. I, say, I think doing the youth stuff, man, is just is, is our definite big thing, right? Watching. A lot of fun. Uh, right. I'm going to send one. Uh, I'm sorry. Who, who was the, the son that watched our episode? Oh, uh, Christy's son, Ethan. Christy's son, Ethan. Christy, you don't get it, but Ethan gets it, uh, <laughs> right? And it, it, he, he can put one on one of his bags and make it the savings bag, right? Like, so he officially knows that this Ziploc bag is officially, like, the, the money-saving bag. That's, that's, that's the best thing, I think. We'll so, have to get one to TJ, too, because he bought his first house after talking to us two idiots. Man, dude, that was a success story, and then some. So, all right, guys, um, I know we're going to wrap it up here. So, as always, like, subscribe, share. Make sure you comment because you want one of these stickers. I mean, I know, I know I'm going to plaster them. Uh, give, give us some feedback. It was, it was good to sit with all of you again. Al, thank you so much for joining us. As usual, I'm going to stop on the record, and we're going to keep talking because that's what we do. But uh, we'll, we'll catch all of you guys next week. And uh, thank you for listening.